0: This is your friend Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. Forgiveness is just so hard sometimes, isn't it? When people step on our feelings or even just ignore us, it's so difficult to forgive the offender. However, I have learned that a significant part of discovering joy in the middle of the fires in life is simply choosing to forgive the one who set the fire. Welcome to this Bible study that I've entitled Refined, Finding Joy in the Midst of the Fire. We're talking about forgiveness. Never has one subject wielded so much power in your life It is your choice to forgive someone who's been cruel to you that might just determine the level of joy that you experience on a daily basis. As a point of review, what we talked about yesterday is that one day the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Would you tell us what you know about prayer? Now, this was the man who had been on the receiving end of prayers for thousands and thousands of years. Jesus had been in the throne room of God with the Holy Spirit when Moses prayed, and when Abraham prayed, and when Sarah prayed, and when Hannah prayed, and when David prayed, and when Esther had prayed, and now this same Jesus, who has heard the contrite and humble prayers of men and women from thousands of years past, now took his knowledge and gave it to the disciples. And this is what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. one of the most powerful components that Jesus placed in the heart of his prayer was forgive us our debts, just as we have forgiven our debtors. And Jesus came to a mighty and final amen. But then he added a P.S. Jesus added a postscript, to this powerful prayer, because these are the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Can you all say ouch with me? That is a humbling statement that came from the lips of Jesus and ricochets into our lives today. If we forgive others, then God the Father will be able to forgive us. However, if we don't forgive others, then God the Father says, "'Excuse me, go back. Deal with your relationships with other people.'" Our forgiveness of other people is so strategic that God the Father said, you must forgive and then I will forgive. God wants you to forgive the people in your life who have abused you and accused you. God wants you to forgive the people in your life who have tormented you and offended you. God wants you to forgive the people in your life who have robbed from you and who have impeded your progress in life. Who do you need to forgive today? Forgiveness is a powerful choice if you long to live a life of joy. We learned that this word forgiveness, as used in Matthew chapter six, is the Greek word ephiemi. And it means to set free, to let go, to release, to liberate completely. You are to let it go. Don't hold on to your offense. You and I do not have the privilege of holding people hostage to their past actions. We are to put away the offense and no longer hold on to it, no longer think about it, or no longer talk about it. Forgiveness is important to God. He sent his son to die so that we would be forgiven. And as his children, we must do things God's way in order to cash in on the blessings of God the Father. Some of you who are listening today have been praying for something for a long period of time and you're wondering why the prayer has not been answered. Examine your heart, put it through the fire, see what comes to the top. You know, when I approach the throne of God in prayer with unforgiveness in my heart toward a person made in the image of God, there's a blockage. There's a huge roadblock. There's a detour. God says to me, go back and forgive, and then we'll talk about your prayer request. Let me read to you the words of Peter to Jesus two centuries ago. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 22. Then Peter came up to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go? Should I forgive him seven times, Lord? Jesus answered him, I tell you, not up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven this phrase seventy times seven did not mean four hundred and ninety times, but it was a play on words. It was a colloquialism of the day. And seventy times seven meant to infinity. And beyond. No matter how many times a person has wronged you, has offended you, has accused you, has abused you, you are called by the power of heaven to forgive this person. So let me make it practical. Who do you need to forgive? Who has wronged you, or hurt you, or mistreated you, or ignored you? This is an issue. Of pure gold refinement. Do you remember? that yesterday we talked about the mercy seat in the Old Testament tabernacle. The mercy seat was the place of forgiveness. It was the place where the blood of the sacrificed lamb was shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the people. And now we are the mercy seat in the modern day tabernacle. Our lives are the places of mercy where we forgive people because of the blood of a lamb by the name of Jesus Christ, we must forgive. You know, I believe, this is what I believe, that the Lord actually allows difficult people into our lives for a reason. We try to run away from difficult people, but don't run away so fast, my friend. Perhaps God has them in your life for a reason. I have made the mistake of allowing difficult people to bring out the very worst in me when God has placed them in my life to bring out the Jesus in me, to bring out the forgiveness in me. Difficult people are part of the fire that allows us to become pure gold and refined Christians. You know, when we're in a fire that a difficult person has set, Jesus has promised never to leave us. He's always watching the process we're in. And God is watching us as we deal with difficult people and as we choose to forgive them or not. I believe that dealing with difficult people is one of the ways that the impurities are burned out of our lives. We're dealing with things like impatience and frustration and anger when we're dealing with a difficult person. And Jesus allows us to stay in that fire until the dross has risen to the top, and then he brushes it away with his almighty hand until he can see his reflection in us. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Do you see what these words of Jesus teach us from Matthew 5, 44 and 45? Let me read them to you again. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. When you forgive people, when you love difficult people and bless ornery people. You are acting just like your dad. God loves difficult, sinful, obnoxious people. It is what he does best. And you carry the family DNA. You carry that gene that enables you to love others with power. And I never want you to forget that once you were the difficult person, That Jesus chose to love and to forgive. And now, in closing, let me read to you from Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. There I will meet you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak to you about all that I will give you in command for the sons of Israel. Do you see what this says? That when we become the mercy seat. It becomes a place of hearing God's voice and experiencing his presence. God meets with his children at the mercy seat. And when you extend the mercy seat to others, God will meet you there. You will hear his voice voice. It will become a place of great intimacy with God the Father when you extend the mercy that has been extended to you with others. And because we know that in his presence is fullness of joy, extending mercy and forgiveness to someone else becomes one of the greatest moments of joy in our lives. It's not a place of sorrow. It's not a place of strife. But being a good forgiver has been and will always be a moment of joy in your life. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, You can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.